Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store in episode number 137. We are going to talk about my last bit of rankings uh, that I've changed among rookie rankings before your rookie draft begin, if they've not begun already. Hope you enjoyed the podcast last week uh, during the NFL draft when I uh, did a podcast immediately after day one and day two. This is kind of my reflection back now at the whole of the draft where I'll talk about the different uh, differences they've made in my rookie rankings. So, of course, the, the NFL draft finally wrapped up last weekend, and now it's the best time of year. It's a rookie draft season for us, the best part of the year. I might actually have one rookie draft underway, two more start uh, this week, which I'm excited about. Uh, my articles are in my podcast that I do throughout the month of May are really going to report on many of the drafts that I'm a part of. So that I'll give you a sense of ADP on the players and when they were drafted. And then I'm also going to share, obviously, about why I picked the players that I did. So look forward to those podcasts uh, coming up as I reflect back on my rookie drafts, which will all get underway in consecutive weeks during the month of May. Um, but before your rookie drafts get underway, um, what I wanted to do was share some significant changes in my dynasty rankings after we learned how NFL teams value this rookie, rookie draft class based on draft capital. As you've heard me say before, draft capital and landing spot are the top two factors in my process of determining rankings. It's the last two pieces of the puzzle that we get, too. Um, so the draft happened last weekend, so those last two pieces came into play, and I updated my rookie rankings. And so what I want to do today is just share about 10 players who had the most drastic change in my rookie rankings whether they were risers or fallers. And we will start with those that were on the rise. So these are rookies on the rise, rookies that changed in my evaluation for the positive. Uh, First is Trey Lance. I moved him from number 21 up to number 12 in my rankings, rookie rankings. And this is one quarterback leagues. Uh, Trey Lance was my third ranked quarterback before the draft behind Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. But after the 49ers drafted him with a third pick of the first round, I moved him ahead of Fields. I think the 49ers traded three first-round picks, if you include the one that they, that they included this year, uh, just to get in position to draft Lance, which means he's going to get every last chance to succeed. Uh, plus, Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme has made backup quarterbacks look good when Jimmy Garoppolo was injured over the previous two years and made Garoppolo a, a starting quarterback in a Super Bowl, even though he's really not more than just an average uh, quarterback by NFL standards. Shanahan, I think, to make Lance productive in the NFL, if not make him an actual superstar. He's got plenty of versatile weapons. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Depot Samuel be catching passages, and then they had added Trey Sermon uh, among their rookie class to compete with Raheem Mostert and Jeffrey Wilson. Uh, lots of weapons there in San Francisco. I think Lance is a perfect fit for this organization, and he's risen, in my mind, to a first-round pick uh, because of where he was drafted and because of the team specifically that he landed on. Next up was uh, Kadarius Tony. I moved him up from number 28 to 20. Now, if you've been following my rookie coverage, you know that I'm not a big fan of Tony. However, 
the simple fact was that he was drafted in the first round, and that caused him to raise in value to what I would consider a middle of the second round rather than a middle of the third round. And as much as I wanted to hold him back in my rankings, his first round draft capital, and the many players that I actually had ranked ahead of him, we'll talk about them later, uh, that were not drafted until day three caused him to rise while they fell. So players falling behind Tony really made him move up in my rankings. Um, I'm really uncertain how the Giants plan to use Tony or if Jason Garrett has the creativity needed to maximize his skills, but I draft him in the middle of the second round just to see. Um, I know many other dynasty analysts feel the same way that I do about Tony, so it's going to be fun to see what actually happens in the, in a, in the uh, rookie drafts, which ones are going to take a chance on him and who's going to be the first to go ahead and just cave in and take him, just given that he has first-round draft capital. Next is Des Fitzpatrick. I moved him up from number 38 to number 29 in my rankings. So Tennessee drafted Fitzpatrick. They're a team that's in need of a starting wide receiver, but they waited until the fourth round to draft one, which is really surprising. Um, after the top tier receivers, top tier wide receivers were drafted on day one and day two, it seemed like teams just drafted the guy that they thought fit the best specific role for the team. And the Titans selected him. I think that he is an excellent possession receiver who was a, had the most productive senior bowl. He caught six passes for 90 yards in the senior bowl. And Fitzpatrick played all four years in college, averaged 632 yards receiving per season, including 833 in his senior year at Louisville. Uh, he's steady. He's reliable. I think he's going to have every chance to be the wide receiver three next season, making him what I would consider a third-round value in rookie drafts. As an aside... Uh, the fact that Tennessee waited until the fourth round in the draft uh, to draft a wide receiver shows me that they really believe in Josh Reynolds, who they picked in, up in free agency. I think they believe that he's ready to take the wide receiver two role that was vacated by Corey Davis, who left in free agency. Side note there for all of you Josh Reynolds owners, such as myself and many of my leagues. Uh, next guy that I'll say has moved up in our rankings was Dwayne es- Eskridge. Moved him up from number 37 to number 29. Not a huge difference there, but a good eight-spot eight difference. Eskridge was drafted in the second round by Seattle, higher than anyone believed he would be drafted. Uh, so I moved him up in my rankings. However, his surprisingly high draft capital is quenched, in my opinion, uh, significantly because he landed on a team that has two solid wide receivers ahead of him that are under contract for several years, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Plus, he was drafted by a team that likes to run first instead of letting Russ Cook Russell Wilson has never made a wide receiver three on his team a significant uh, from a fantasy perspective. I think Eskridge may help the Seahawks as a team, but I'm not sure he'll become a player who will become a, a starter on dynasty rosters. Uh, that said, I did move him up because of the draft capital alone. This caused me to move him up from a fourth-round pick to a third-round pick in Dwayne Eskridge. And finally, on the riser side would be Nico Collins. I moved him up from number 45 to number 32. Uh, Collins was drafted by the Texans in the third round, uh, far earlier than I expected uh, that he would get drafted uh, based on his college production. However, uh, some NFL teams fall in love with athleticism and traits, and Collins checks those boxes for sure. Uh, The traits are better than the production in college, so I guess the Texans value that more. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a clear wide receiver one on the team, but the wide receiver two position is really up for grabs, and Collins could compete with Kiki Kuti, Randall Cobb for that position, the question really is, who will be the Texans quarterback? So if Deshaun Watson gets suspended or traded, Collins will be catching passes from Tyron Taylor or fellow rookie Davis Mills, who the Texans drafted before Collins. So if, if Taylor or Davis is the starting quarterback this year, Collins' rookie year could get off to a tough, tough start. 
I still have two receivers that were drafted later than Collins, ranked ahead of him, because I like their talent more. But draft capital alone, it speaks for itself. And I had to move Collins up in my rankings to number 32. Now let's talk a bit about some fallers, uh, some of the guys that fell because of their draft capital or the team that they were drafted by. First would be Rashad Bateman. I moved him from number four to number 10, so falling six spots. Uh, Bateman was my second-ranked wide receiver before the NFL draft, but I'm moving back to my fifth-ranked wide receiver after being drafted by the Ravens. Man, this one hurt because I love Bateman so much. As a fourth wide receiver in the, drafted in the, in the first round of the NFL, he still has the draft capital, but he was drafted by a team whose scheme does not uh, create top-tier wide receivers. Uh, Baltimore's run-based scheme, um, Lamar Jackson's strengths don't help wide receivers, uh, even though it appears that Baltimore really wants an alpha receiver based on the fact that they've drafted so many receivers in the last couple drafts. I can say without a doubt that Bateman is the best wide receiver that they have drafted in the last few years, including Marquise Brown, who stands to lose the most, actually, by drafting Bateman. I think that they will have two first-round draft picks. That's Marquise and Bateman to throw to next year. They're going to be to the starting lineup. Uh, I dinged Bateman in my rankings a bit because of the landing spot, but I'm more helpful than I think than most analysts who draft, who really dropped him even more in their rankings. I keep trying to remind myself how disappointed I was when the run-heavy Titans drafted A.J. Brown. And, well, we know what happened there. Brown's talent demanded the ball, and he did enough with his chances that even though they were limited, he was awesome. Uh, Bateman could very well do the same, and I uh, didn't drop him too far. He's still a first-round pick of mine. In fact, I just drafted him in the draft that I'm already in. I drafted him at 2.1, pick number 13 in a 2021 rookie draft. So he fell to the second round in that draft, and I was happy to take him there. Next player was Chuba Hubbard. I moved him down from number 16 to 26. I was very, very hopeful that Hubbard would be a third-round draft pick and land on a team with some sort of uncertainty at running back. But instead, he was drafted in the fourth round instead of the third, and he was drafted to back up Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so he's definitely buried there. But I moved Hubbard back 10 spots in my rankings because he has no chance to become a starter in Carolina. But I didn't move him back extremely far because I think he could become one of the best handcuffs to roster. Mike Davis was viable dynasty starter throughout the season last year while McCaffrey was injured, and Chula could easily do the same. Uh, one thing about Matt Rule, their coach in Carolina, as he drafts for speed. He's known to always draft for speed, and he has an Olympic-level speedster now on his team in Hubbard. And I believe that he will get more touches than people expect, even in his rookie year. And I'm hopeful that he'll fall to me in some rookie drafts because other managers have dropped him even further than I have. So I have dropped him 10 spots, but I'm also pretty hopeful, more hopeful than most would be, um, for you know, the, what he can still do on the team. Next player to drop, and this one hurt me, was Tylen Wallace. I dropped him from number 9 to number 24. Pretty large drop of 15 spots. Uh, Wallace took one of the biggest tumbles in my rankings, uh, much to my disgust. <laughs> he was very hopeful. I was very hopeful that Wallace would get drafted by the Chargers in the third round when they were you know, just clearly in need of drafting a receiver. But there they drafted Josh Palmer instead of Wallace, which really surprised me. The Chargers know more than I know, though. <laughs> so uh, I don't see how they liked Palmer more than Wallace. But instead, uh, what happened to Wallace is he was drafted in the fourth round to compete, or by Baltimore in the fourth round to compete with the uh, aforementioned Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman. Man, if Bateman were not there, I, I wouldn't have docked him as much as I did now. But now there's just too much competition in Baltimore. Um, I had to move him down significantly because he's competing with two first-round draft picks. And like I already said, in Brown and Bateman, 
I wish he would have landed with a different team. Had to drop him a lot because of that. Next uh, was uh, Tamorian Terry. I dropped him from number 24 to 35. I was actually shocked that Terry was not drafted. Uh, Character issues and inconsistency in production at Florida State, I think, sealed his fate. Uh, Usually, I would drop an undrafted receiver entirely out of my rankings, or at least in the very, very back of my rankings. But Terry signed an undrafted free agent contract with Seattle, uh, a team that's known to take chances on players and a team uh, with open spots on their roster. Uh, Terry is actually now my second-ranked UDFA, uh, ranked four spots behind Javian Hawkins, my first-ranked UDFA, who signed with Atlanta. I'd still rather take a chance on Terry at the end of the third round than some of the wide receivers that were actually drafted in the sixth and seventh round of the NFL draft. Eskridge, uh, I think, see, I already talked about him, Seattle's second-round pick, has a huge leg up on Terry because of his draft capital in the second round. But we know this about Seattle. They're one of the few teams that are happy to let the best man win and create competition. We need only little, we need only to look to Russell Wilson and Chris Carson to prove that point. And so I love where he landed, uh, even if it was a UDFA contract. I dropped him, but probably not, didn't drop him as far as most people. I still see him as number 35 in my rankings. And finally, uh, the biggest drop, <laughs> Jamar Jefferson, he dropped from number 23 to number 53. Uh, Jefferson's value really plummeted because of his six-round draft capital and his landing spot in Detroit. Detroit's pretty well set at running backs with DeAndre Swift um, and, the, and then Jamal Williams, who they got in free agency. And then the when I first um, changed my rankings, they still had Kerryon Johnson on their roster too, so he was buried behind three people that were drafted ahead of him. Um, Williams meaning drafted ahead of him by Green Bay, but still, they all had a higher draft capital than the sixth round. And through um, the recent release of Kerryon Johnson does uh, make me think I'm going to have to move him up a little bit from 53. I'm still not going to move him up very much because he was drafted so late and he is behind DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. At the time, um, like I said, I thought he was buried behind three running backs. Now he's buried behind two. Jefferson's not likely to see any playing time unless Swift or Williams get injured. Uh, He's really only worth drafting the very last round of rookie drafts. But even then, it's likely that you're not going to be able to see him play um, and then when it comes time to cut date, he's going to be one of those guys that you feel like you have to cut just because you've not seen it. Um, he is definitely a player that I still loved his uh, talent and what he did and how he produced in college. Um, I would want to add him to my scout team and keep an eye on him to see if he does get cut by Detroit and land somewhere else, or just to just keep an eye on him, believing that he actually has what it takes to be an NFL running back. Uh, I was really sad to see him land where he did and had to dock him. In this case, 30 spot drop um, in my rankings. The NFL speaks for itself, no matter what I believe. Well, wanted to get this podcast out to you pretty timely, as I assume most of your drafts have started or are going to start in the next week or two. Um, hope this helps you keep a look on my uh, rankings. I will update them slightly, although right now um, the last you know rankings changer has, has taken place, the NFL draft. That's the biggest one. And now that it's done, I'm pretty much set with these rankings as they are. Really won't change much until the preseason. Um, if you guys do have drafts that take place that late, I know I have one that takes place on Labor Day weekend, so we get to see all the preseason. Uh, more fun to do it beforehand, but it's also fun if you do wait. And if you do wait, I will make some changes throughout the rest of the offseason. But for now, my rookie rankings are pretty well set. Stay in touch. would love to help you and give you some advice when it comes to your rookie drafts as they get going. Like I said, I've got one underway. I've got two that start this week and then one every consecutive week throughout mid-June, which is going to be a blast. It's the best time of year. 
Thanks for being a Dynasty Freak. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. As always, I would love it if you would take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there, get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.